This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of Spin Control, me, my stash, and I. This, of course, is your host, Shiloh, and I am back again. To all of my returning listeners, welcome back, and to those of you just trying us out, thanks for stopping by. Alrighty, I want you to know that I'm super, super excited about recording this episode. So much has happened this week that I just could not wait to share it with you. It took just about everything I had in me to contain myself and keep myself from recording early, but I wanted to make sure I got everything in there so I didn't jump the gun. This week's updates include an update on the Summer's Last Blast yarn crawl that was hosted by the six St. Louis area yarn stores. Me and the Knit Girls got together and we all crawled. We hit six yarn stores, ate an hour and a half lunch, all in one day. I can't believe we did it, but it was a blast. We had a lot of fun. This is like my second large group crawl in this area. And the first one, by the time we got done, I felt super stressed out and just like completely overwhelmed. But it was the first time that I'd been to any of the area yarn stores. And I think that time we only did like three stores. But this time, I don't know what it was, if it was maybe the combination of the girls that we went with or just the laid back feel that all the yarn stores had. I don't know. It was a blast. It was a complete success. And I scored some of the stuff I was out looking for. I haven't really talked about this before, but I kind of have this thing for Nora Gon and Barocco. And one of the things I scored was two new booklets. One was Barocco and the other is Nora Gon. That made me super happy. I actually set out to pick up at least one of those while I was out. And I got 10 balls of four season cotton for a dollar a piece out of the dollar bin at Kirkwood Knittery in Kirkwood, Missouri, which is totally awesome. And I'm going to use that to make a skirt for my youngest daughter. And I, uh, I think all my other purchases were sock yarn. I kind of have this issue with sock yarn that I kind of want to try everything out there. And unfortunately I added to that mix. So overall, I didn't spend myself broke. I had a blast hanging out with my knit girls and I consider the yarn crawl a complete success. And if anyone who works at or owns any of those yarn stores is listening to this, thank you so much. I think it was a blast. We had a lot of fun and I know you guys did a lot of work to give a lot of great stuff away over the weekend. Thanks for that for sure. One other update actually is an announcement. Fiddle Knits 1984 on Ravelry asked me to announce a fundraising cow. Here is the short story, as she calls it. She's running two cows. One is for the Frosting Chalette, and the other is for the Pretty Polly Top. And it's to help raise money for pancreatic cancer research. And 50% of all the pattern sales for these knit-alongs will be donated to the Lust Garden Foundation for Pancreatic Cancer Research. And basically, a woman named Kim Worker is holding a pancreatic craftacular event, and she's hoping to raise $2,500 by September 12th. I will post full details 
on the show notes and links to the knit along groups on Ravelry if anyone is interested in participating in that stuff. I have no idea whether or not I will, but I wanted to make sure our generous crafty folks that are out there knew about this opportunity to give back. All right. As I said before, a lot of great stuff has happened this week. So let's get this podcast started. This week in Spin a Tale, I'm going to talk to you about how I conquered the stash. As I said earlier, the name of this episode is Me, My Stash, and I, and I successfully called the stash. Now, apparently, the term cull means different things to different people. One of my followers, Toady Joe on Twitter, assumed that since I was calling the stash, I would be putting stuff up for de-stash, like for sale or trade. And that's not really going to happen because I don't really do that. Everybody, I think every knitter and probably sewer has a different philosophy on stash. And for me, stash is permanent. I suppose that in desperate times, they may call for desperate measures. And maybe if I was flat broke or something, I might consider selling some of my stash. But other than that, I'm preparing for the zombie apocalypse or the time in which I am on a fixed income and can't afford to buy yarn. So the stash is going to stay and the stash is probably going to grow. And I don't have any problems with that. One day I won't be able to buy yarn for one reason or another, but I won't need yarn. So that's my stash philosophy. So I posted pictures on Twitter and I believe I posted them on the Ravelry boards of my stash all laid out on the master bedroom floor. If I was able to lay all that out on the master bedroom floor, that must mean I cleaned the master bedroom. No, I didn't. Actually, I came home Monday to a clean master bedroom. My husband had done it all, which is like, oh my God, for real? I had to go ask him if he was feeling all right or if I had entered an alternate dimension because that just doesn't happen, right? It was crazy. Anyhow, my husband cleaned the living room, the kitchen, the dining room, and the master bedroom in one day while I was at work. It was fantastic. So I was able to spread out that king size sheet and dump the entire stash out on my bedroom floor. Now for me, culling meant that I organized the yarn that I have in my stash. I separated out some yarn that's in my stash, not to get rid of. And I, well, I had a bunch of yarn that I hadn't bothered to put on Ravelry and it was kind of just lying in wait in bags from the yarn stores or whatever all over the craft room. So I got that all organized and put it all the way in bins where it belongs. Remember how I used to have that sock bin, the large Rubbermaid bin that had sock yarn spilling out? That's not a problem anymore because I bit the bullet and when I cleaned out one of my bins, I added a second bin of sock yarn. But that's okay because now my all my sock yarn is put away neatly and it will stay nice and clean because it's in plastic, which makes me happy. Now when I say that I separated out yarn, what I did, I pulled the bin that had the blanket yarn in it and separated that out and put it in a knitting bag. So for the large blanket that I'm going to make for my family, I have that yarn pulled out of the stash and that's going to get cast on soon. In addition, I went through all that stash, made sure it was in Ravelry, and took pictures if I needed to, 
and then separated yarn out that would be like first candidates for the Christmas Conquest 2010. So that furry yarn that I can't imagine why I bought is no longer in the stash. It's in a large bag ready to be pulled out and start knitting or crocheting, whatever the case may be, so that I can really get Christmas Conquest in full swing. So I totally conquered my stash. In three hours, I managed to dump it all out, sort through it, catalog it in Ravelry and photograph it if I needed to, and figure out where I was going to start with yarn for Christmas Conquest 2010. That is an awesome tale of how I conquered the stash. And now it's on to spinning my wheels. In spinning, we're still on a break, and I don't really have a whole lot to say about that, except I um, completely cleaned out the suitcase that I took to Maryland Sheep and Wool, which had been sitting in the corner of my bedroom for quite some time. I mean, most everything was out of there. There was like a pack of gum, um, like a menu or an information sheet from the hotel we stayed in, and an ounce of Cormo that I had bought. So I might be spinning the Cormo very, very soon because I hear it's fantastic, but not just yet. All right, in sewing, I started the process to sew about eight bags. I separated out some fat quarters and some scraps that I have laying around, and I'm still working on those bags that are making out of the pants, but I separated out some linings and some exteriors and matched up some ribbons for ties to do about eight little bags. I got the fabric all pressed out, and I will probably do the first seams today or tomorrow. And I don't know if I've talked to you, I know I've talked to you about this just a little bit, but the way I do it, because my life is in such a time constraint, and I'm, you know, we're all getting pulled a million ways, is I get thing, things ready in steps. So tonight I might sew the first seams. And then the next day, I'll press out those seams and get ready for the next thing. So I'll spend 15 minutes here or there working on each of the steps until I get the bags done. And usually it takes me about a week to do whatever batch I'm working on. And it makes me super happy. So in addition, in sewing, I actually have to sew some plain square bean bags. I'm not sure where you're from or if you've ever heard of it, but there's a game called, well, it's called a million different things. Some people around here call it cornhole and some people call it bags, but they call it cornhole because you throw these bean bags that are stuffed with feed corn at these large wooden boxes that have like a single hole in them. And the bean bags are about six inch square. And my husband has a cornhole set but he left the bean bags out in the rain by accident one night and they got ruined. We got it from a friend and they weren't actually stuffed with corn. They were stuffed with beans. And so they soaked up all the moisture and got completely ruined. And we're getting ready to go on a fantastic weekend getaway, me and him and like 50% of the rugby team. And we're going to take the bags with us. So I've got to get those finished this week. So Hmm, what else? <laughs> oh, that whole repurpose theme that I kind of, you'll hear crop up now and again, is kind of always on my mind. And one of the things that I've been contemplating lately is how to repurpose my husband's old t-shirts without like turning them into t-shirt yarn. I kind of want to salvage some of those cool patterns and designs and sayings that he has on the front or back of his shirts and turn them into something for him. But I haven't exactly figured out what I'm going to do yet but that's definitely been on my mind this week. And now on to knitting. 
I finished something. I know that's really hard to believe because that doesn't really seem to be a theme for me, finishing stuff, but I did. I finished the little travel socks. Okay, now the little travel socks are the ones that almost met a horrible fate because of my dogs. Now, one ball that I was using for this pair of socks was unscathed. The other ball was a tangled mess, but I managed to untangle like as I knit and get a perf like the perfect size ankle socks, which is crazy because like right as I got to the point that I was ready to bind off, no more yarn was coming out of that ball. It was nuts, but apparently that's what these socks wanted to be. And that's what they are. I successfully finished an object. The travel socks are done. They've been my needles for so long. I thought I'd never finish them. And that's primarily because they were super boring. And when I get bored, there's a very specific reason. And yet again, that's a topic for another podcast, but we'll get there. I promise. In addition, um, I haven't made much progress on cobblestone, but as soon as I am done recording this podcast, I'm recording early in the day today for some reason, but as soon as I finish recording, I am going to go downstairs into our TV room and watch ice pirates with my husband and knit on cobblestone for about two hours. So I will make a little bit of progress and hopefully get to the armholes really, really soon. Now, I think the last thing that we've got on knitting is really Christmas Conquest 2010. Two of my goals from my 101 list we talked about earlier in the year are to knit for my stash and knit for my knitting books. So what I did this last week in preparation as part of Christmas Conquest 2010 was I searched Ravelry patterns only for stuff that is in my library. I have hundreds of hat patterns and cowl patterns and scarf patterns in my library already. And some of them I've looked at before and went, I totally have to knit that. I mean, there are definitely some hats that I need to knit. The meathead hat, how long has that been around? I have that pattern, but I never knit it. I don't know why. I've wanted to for like a million years, but Meathead is a perfect Christmas Conquest 2010 project. So it looks like one of the yarns in that bag that's waiting to go is going to turn into Meathead. And there's a ton of other stuff like that. A million scarves, of course, and cowls and all sorts of stuff that I can knit sitting there in my library just waiting to become projects. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I think the search went really, really well. I favorited a lot of stuff. I didn't actually cue anything yet. But it's all in my favorites. If you want to go over there and check that out, you can see some of the stuff that I've got planned for this Christmas conquest. And that is all I have in spinning my wheels. This week, I am all spun up about machine embroidery. Oh my God. My sewing machine is brilliant. It is a precisely engineered genius machine. And I really, really, really just got to do that first machine embroidery project this past week. Over the weekend, it was actually Sunday, I sat down, I digitized the emblem for the rugby team, and I manipulated it in my fancy schmancy embroidery software, and I made a patch. Well, it's not exactly a patch. I embroidered their crest onto a scrap piece of fabric, and I'm so I'm such a dork that I actually sat there and pretty much watched every single stitch get sewn. It was brilliant. It was a three color design and my air, like it's a little bit, the sizing 
is a little bit off. It's a little longer than it should be as opposed to more square, but it was ingenious. I can't believe that I sat down, imported this design, punched a couple keys, manipulated stuff a, a little bit with the mouse, and actually got my embroidery machine to work successfully for me at the first try. It was awesome. I absolutely love it. But that's so cool that it's just really cool that I was able to get it to work that easily the first time. And I love it. I absolutely love it. It just further solidifies my decision to buy this machine. And of course, I was making something for my husband. So that keeps him off my back when it comes to how much I spent on my sewing machine. <laughs> okay, all kidding aside, I'm totally spun up about the embroidery machine. I absolutely love it. There's like a million different ideas running through my head. Like I have this one design that I like to put on bags. It's super cute. I call it the counting sheep and maybe I'll find a picture and put that up someplace for you. But it's so adorable. But in the past, the only way I've actually been able to put it onto a bag is with like an iron-on transfer. And it's cute, but it's definitely not the quality that I prefer in my finished objects. And now I'm going to be able to make the counting sheep embroidered and it's going to be brilliant and it's going to look awesome and I'm going to be totally stoked about it. So this week I'm all spun up about machine embroidery and I can't wait to do more. And now it's on to put my spin on it. And this week I'm going to take a new approach. I was so busy crafting, machine embroidering, finishing socks, prepping for sewing, sorting through the stash. I didn't really have time to dive into anything product-wise that makes me feel like I could do a product review at this time. So what I'm going to do from now on is when I don't have a product to review, I'm going to play the promo from a podcast that I have tried and maybe say a few things about that podcast. And that's how I'm going to approach that. So I'm not really putting my spin on it. I'm just putting out there information about other podcasts that are available to us as knitters and crafters. And the first of such podcasts is going to be the Spin Doctor podcast. The Spin Doctor podcast started probably three or four weeks after I started mine. And this podcast is really all about product reviews and technical information for spinners. The host reviews books and DVDs and spinning wheels. She's done drum carters, the woolly winder, different sources for fiber, different Etsy shops, etc. And she spends a lot of time researching techniques and information and products to put that information out there for spinners. So let's take a listen to her promo. Hi there. This is Sasha Torres, the host of a new podcast for spinners called Spin Doctor. Spin Doctor reviews wheels and spindles, fiber prep equipment, books and DVDs, fiber festivals and retreats, and of course, that fiber that we can't get enough of. So if you love to spin, I hope you'll join me for Spin Doctor. You can subscribe on iTunes, or you can download episodes from the Spin Doctor website at www.spindoctorpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. All right, again, that is the Spin Doctor podcast. I will put a link to her show notes page where you can download episodes on my show notes page. So you should head on over there and give her a listen if you don't already. 
All right, it looks like it is time to spin off. Like I said before, I had a really, really fantastic week. I got a ton done. I got to hang out with my knit girls over the weekend. The Ravelry board was pretty chatty, which makes me super happy. And the podcast got a handful of more reviews in the past like two weeks. So that makes me super excited. Thank you guys so much for tuning in each week and listening. To those of you who just dropped in, thank you so much for giving me a try. And thanks to everybody for sharing their opinions with everybody else out there in iTunes so they can get a better idea of what the podcast is all about. In the weeks to come, I am going to make a little change to the Spin Control show notes site. I'm going to add a donation button. I know that there are folks out there who like to donate. I don't really care either way. It'd be cool to drop a little donation money over on the hosting fees to help me pay for hosting fees and things like that. That'd be awesome. But it's definitely not a requirement, but people have inquired. So I'm going to go ahead and get that all set up as soon as I figure it out and put a donation button on the show notes page. And I'll let you know when that goes live. And really, thanks for listening. This has been a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. And that's all I've got. This is such a blast. And I hope you guys enjoy listening as much as I enjoy recording and sharing all of this stuff with you. Our song of the week is another song by the all-girl summer fun band, and this one is called Cutie Pie. And I'm going to play a repeat because this band really makes me smile. I don't know what it is, but it's summer music, and it's driving music, and it makes me super happy, and it makes me want to sing it. So I hope you, too, enjoy it. As always, check the show notes at spincontrolpodcast.com. Email me at ajoyfulgirlknits at gmail.com. Catch me on Ravelry as a Joyful Girl. Follow me on Twitter as a Joyful Girl Maid. Thanks again, everybody, for dropping in. I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.